beautiful listeners. It's a pleasure to finally be speaking to you all. I am Manuel. And I'm Luis. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about how planning allows you to set priorities, how it allows you to finish the stuff you actually have to do so you can do the stuff you want to do, and how all that relates to creating a healthy routine for your body and for your mind. And we're going to give you some useful techniques to use as soon as possible. So let's get to it. First question of the night or the morning or whenever you're listening to this. Why would a person want to plan? Because it sounds like a drag, just like sitting down every night or every morning, just like going, okay, what am I going to do today? What am I going to do next week? That just sounds time consuming. Why would one plan? So when you put it that way, of course, it sounds like a drag. But I think the important thing to take into account is that I think if you are doing everything in, within your capabilities to do what you want to, to do, to accomplish what you want to accomplish, there will get a point where you need to plan in order to be as effective as you possibly can be. Um, I know me personally as a student, as with part-time jobs and all these yeah. other things that I do, um, I find it very difficult to not plan and still be effective. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I, I, wrote, I actually wrote down a couple of things as well because I wondered for a while, like, why would I plan? It feels like it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I found out that whenever I'm stressed... And I'm like, just have too much on my plate. Sitting down and writing out all the things I have to do and what's actually important and what's not really important, all of that just reduces the stress in general. Does that happen to you at all? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, a huge concept that changed the way I look at my planning is um, this concept of decision fatigue. Okay. So what I think mean? because when you are constantly having to make decisions about what you need to be doing next, yeah, that wears you down, especially when you're a very busy person. And when the decisions that you make have high stakes, like I either do this or I do that, and if I do one wrong, it results in me failing this class or me failing this other class, for example, that can put a lot of stress on you. And you will then be ineffective at whatever it is that you're trying to do. But if you can just plan things ahead of time and know that this will get done in this time, and the next thing will get done in the next time. Oh. You are then relieving yourself of this need to make this huge decision. Um, and it may not even be a huge decision, but those little decisions do add up to cause stress in your life. So essentially what you're telling me is it takes away from that whole process of, oh, okay, I actually have to sit down and get this and organize what I have to do. You take that away because it's been already done. You already know what you're going to do. Right. If you allocate time so if you plan to plan essentially yeah then it just makes your life easier at the end of the day yeah i hear you okay yeah, yeah so that that actually covers the second thing i had which was increasing productivity in right. a general sense it just overall it does but something even more important that i think it does cover is setting priorities straight because when you're planning that's the time where you get to decide what you're gonna do that's the time where you're alone and you get to say i'm in charge of my day no one else is. I'm not going to wake up and work on someone else's stuff if I don't want to. And for me, that's, that's like the ultimate control that you can have over your life. Being able to wake up and like, all right, I'm only working the stuff that I decided to work on. Does that make sense? Yeah, I absolutely see what you're saying. Having that level of control over what you are getting done really gives you an ability to 
do those things better. I think if you are constantly doing things that you don't want to do, yes, it, it makes you very unhappy. Very, very unhappy. And just does. It's, so one of the things that actually happens is people come to, to me and I guess to you as well. And they're like, man, I, I just don't have time. I just don't have time to do all this stuff. Like I don't have time to study for this test. I don't have time to go to the gym. I don't have time to play the guitar. I don't have time to do all these different things that I want to do. The only thing that comes to my mind is the following. Imagine you went out for work, you went out for school today, and you came back home to your apartment, and you found out that you left the faucet open, and your whole apartment is flooded. The big question is, are you going to find time to fix it, to repair it? You better. Yeah, you have no choice. You have no choice. Why? Because that's a priority. Both. So you can tell me you, you ain't got no time. Like, what is this? Right. So what that brings me to is think about all the time that you've wasted doing someone else's stuff and or just on your phone. Like, you're doing something. It's like, yeah, I can totally multitask. Let me just go on Instagram real quick. And then that SpongeBob meme shows up 20 years later. That's the ever that, that is exactly what happens. And, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I think one of the scenarios that comes to my mind when you say that is, do I have time to work out before I study? And that, what usually ends up happening is when I choose I don't have time, I usually end up just wasting that time that I went to use for studying. 100%. Because I'm not as happy when I'm studying and I don't end up being nearly as productive if I just went and did the things that support my mental clarity. Do you also feel like you're more productive when you have more things to do in general? Like you use Absolutely. your time better. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so that I think not more productive, more efficient. No, I, yeah, absolutely. I think I think you get to this state of flow where you are stimulated enough. And for my psychology friends out there, this is Yerkes Dodson law. <laughs> um, so do you want to explain that law? Yeah, yeah. So it basically it basically says that when you are too understimulated, you will not be motivated to do any work. And when you are too stimulated, you will be too anxious to do any work. And in order for you to be optimally efficient, you need to have this happy medium of stimulation and, 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 that, and that optimal state of motivation will allow you to be both most efficient. Um, Does routine help with that, creating a routine? I definitely think so. I think if you, um, if you have things to do, yeah, I mean, having some level of things to do is important because because yeah. I I always think back to the scenario in which I have only one thing that I need to do in a whole day. Oh and, no! And what what, ha what happens? Thing. What happens with that one thing? Oh, you're like, yeah, I got no, I got time. I can do this later. It's just like this one thing I have to do, and then you actually start doing that thing, and you do five other things at the same time. Because I mean, you only have that one thing to do. Absolutely, it drags out. Yeah, so it's so you wake up at eight knowing you have this one thing to do, and then eight p.m. rolls around. It's been twelve hours, and you haven't done a single <laughs> thing to start. Um, Isn't that the life of every college student? I think at least once. At least, yeah, at, least at least once. once. You make that mistake at least once. Yes, until until you either are very happy by your decision and you keep doing it, or you are very upset at yourself and you stop. All right, so you're talking about taking time to go to the gym, uh, taking time to to do the things you want and planning for the stuff you actually want to do. But you're touched on school. Yes. And something I wanted to discuss was, have you ever heard of the forgetting table? I have not. Imagine a chart, so x-axis, y-axis. So imagine you learn something for the first time. And this forgetting table tells you that if you don't review it, if you don't go over the material again, in three days, you forgot like something like 60, 70%. Right. 
of whatever stuff you had. But now if you review that on the next day also, so you learn and then you review for 20 minutes only, then you retain more. And if you do that five or six days in a row, you almost don't forget anything that you right. learned. That tells me a few things. First, if you plan ahead, you can organize that so you're not freaking out the day before the test and all that stuff. Absolutely. But something that strikes me the most is that people don't know how to learn. And that's something no one teaches in school. And I don't mean like, oh, here's how five tips to memorize this med terms, med school terms. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Right. What I'm talking about is do you learn through audio? Do you learn through video? Do you learn by doing? And you ask people and they tell you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm an audit person. Like, I'm kinesthetic. I had to touch things. I have to actually do it. They tell you they know who they are and how they learn. They don't apply it. Why? Well, I don't know. Do you? What kind of learner you are? Um, so I think with that comes a lot of questions because I think you can be a different learner in different subjects and in different things that you do. Okay. Um, because the way that one studies for math is not going to be the same way that one studies for a science class that's basically memorization-based or uh, the way that one studies for a chemistry class. You know, okay. all of those different subjects have different ways of learning them. And I think it takes a lot of willingness to adapt and experimentation. Oh, willingness to adapt. I like yeah. It. So it, 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 takes a lot, it takes a lot of self-experimentation to really be able to figure out what works best for you. So I, I think for, for me personally, I know myself when it comes to like biology, for example, I need to be able to draw what's going on. I need to be able to know this does interacts with this in a certain way. Yeah. Um, and, and I need to be able to draw that to myself and explain it to myself. And I what think- What about math? So, so math is like, there's no amount of staring at a formula <laughs> that is going to teach you how to do math. You need yes. to, you need like, especially with algebra, it's like, you need to, you need to mess up doing algebra a yeah. bunch of times. Get your before. hands dirty. Exactly. Yeah. Get your hands dirty, get yourself into a huge mess. Yes. And then eventually try to dig yourself out or find somebody who knows how to do it better than you <laughs> to show you exactly where you went wrong. Yes. So, I like that. So that, that is, that is something I think people often have too much pride to go and find the help that they that need. That is true. That so. is true. But when you're studying, though, so you're saying you're, do, you're studying different ways depending on the topic you're doing. Yes. Do you ever take breaks? Or do you allocate, like, four-hour, eight-hour window to just sit down and study? So I do both, I think. Okay. Um, so the, the, what I mean by that is that, yes, I'll allocate the four- to eight-hour window to study, but I'll realize that if I'm sitting here banging my head against the desk, not getting anything, that I need to get up and do something different for, okay. like, five, ten minutes. Um, get myself a snack, a coffee, some water, whatever, and that will re-stimulate me to co want to come back and Have be you found your limit yet for that focus time span? It's a hard one. It's hard to find it. Yeah, no, it, it is hard to find. And I, and, I don't think it, and I don't think it's concrete either. I think it's one of those things where when you train yourself mm -hmm. um, to get good at that sort of a thing, you get better at it. Yeah. Um, I know when you are in the middle of a very heavy course load, for example, you can train yourself to get very good at studying for very long periods of time. And when you fall out of practice, you can lose some of that. Yeah, you build on it. You, yeah. yeah, I can see that. Something that works for me, and that's just because I've learned, and I guess when I was taking many, many courses, is 
taking breaks changes the game. And I know that my I can study somewhere between 30 and 50 minutes without really stopping. Right. Depending on what's the material, if I'm really interested or if I'm not. But if I go anything over 50 minutes, my productivity just, no, just doesn't happen. It yeah. just doesn't happen. So what I do is, and I guess for everyone, anyone listening to this, is if you have a four-hour window to study, make that, break that down into three or four sessions and do, let's say, 50 minutes and a 10-minute um, break. Another 50 minutes and a 10-minute break. And by a 10-minute break, I do not mean going on your phone, going on Instagram, staying in the same place. Like, get out. If you're at a library, go outside. If you're at your house, go outside. If you're outside, go inside. I don't <laughs> care. Just go somewhere different. Exactly. It's it's very much needed, and people don't do it. Yeah, no, I agree. I, and, I, and, I think, and I think a lot of people, they will spend like a whole day in a library and think that they spent their whole day being productive. Yeah, no. It, no. It, yeah, they, they'll spend 12 hours in the library thinking, oh, I got... I spent 12 hours in the library and I still have so much more left to do. And, 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 I, and, I, and I think the, the problem is not that you're not studying, you're not allocating enough time to studying, you're just studying ineffectively. Yes. And when you are doing things ineffectively, you're just wasting a bunch of time. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. so, so I, think, I think allowing yourself to become more efficient at the things that you're already doing is a huge way to, it, to, to make your planning a lot easier on yourself and make, it, make yourself have more free time to do the things that you want to do. I think more than anything else, it's about doing the things you want to do. And what I mean by that is not just ignore everything else that you have to do. It's no. Allocate the time for the stuff, the so-called have-tos and the musts, I guess. And once it's done, it's done. So if today you have eight hours to do work allocate four hours and with the other four go be a human right go do something else agreed i don't care what it is i don't care if your thing is i don't know practice your what is it dunks basketball yes if that's your thing go go for it right like just use your time If if your thing is play fifa if your thing is to go swim if your thing is go to the beach sure i don't care just use four hours to study or to work or to get whatever you need done and then go be a human being. Yeah, I agree. And, and in the end, that'll do so much more for your sanity and your and, and your productivity that you'll be more productive allocating less time to those things than you ever would be if you just pretended that you needed all of that time for that one thing. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to break that down. Just try to repeat that slowly because that, that means a lot. Yeah, so I, I, I think that if you are in a bad headspace yeah when you are doing the things that you think you need to be doing you are gonna actually need all that time but when you put yourself in a better headspace by doing the things that you actually want to do by taking that second to go on the run to play that game of basketball to hang out with your friends you'll come back and you'll be way more efficient and you'll have way less of a need to just waste your whole day away in a library. Yeah. Well, let me, let me backtrack. People, some people have been planning already, and they may be listening to this. But what I have to say is that I do think that even if you have been planning for a while now, 
there's still a pretty high chance that you're doing it wrong. And here's what I mean. You have to figure out what times work best for you. Let that sink in for a while because figuring out what times work best for you goes back to what times of the day can I do certain things and what times of the day I cannot. In other words, there was this week-long, I can call it program uh, assessment or whatever, but it comes from a book. The book is called When, and it's When, The Scientific Secrets of Perfect Timing by Daniel H. Pink. But here's what he proposed, and I actually did it, and the results were kind of insane. So for seven days, seven days, a whole week, you're going to set an alarm every 90 minutes, 90 minutes. Once the alarm rings, you're going to ask yourself three questions. Number one, what am I doing? Number two, what is my mental alertness? So mental alertness, and that goes from zero to 10. And what is my physical energy from zero to 10? And you do that every day for seven days if you're awake. Whenever you're awake, you're doing it. You're setting it. Well, I did that. Here's a few things that actually came out of that is thing number one. When I wake up, I'm not as awake as I am two hours later. Now, that is obvious. Fair. What is not obvious? That six hours later, on the dot, six hours after I wake up, I'm tired. Always. Doesn't matter what time I wake up, which is weird. Yeah. If you think. And in this book, what he's saying is people don't have, like, one peak throughout their days. It's not just, hey, I have my peak time at 12 and noon. No, he's saying there's two of them. There's one before, there's a trough, and then there's another one. Now it's up to you by doing this exercise to figure out which ones are your times. For me, is one hour after I wake up for like two or three hours, so that window. Right. And then later in the day from like 7 to 11 p.m., which is also kind of, I think I'm, I think I'm pretty average. He he describes this as being the norm in a general sense, but people are different. So it's not only about being an early bird or a night owl. It's it's really about figuring out what works out for you. And the final thing is doing analytical work. So if you have to send emails or if you have to do like task oriented, I guess things. You have to figure out what the time window for that is. In my case, it's the morning. And there's another time where you're creative, which in my case is the 7 to 11. And what I mean by that is, why would I try to create a post for Unsung, for example, at 7 a.m.? When you're it clearly makes not no awake, sense. yeah. It makes zero sense. People don't know that. If you were to guess, actually, let's do that, Manuel. Let's do that. If you yeah. were to guess... What are kind of your hours and what are kind of your peaks and your trough? And a week later from today, to today's recording, you're going to bring back the results. You're going to do this and we're going to see what happens. I like it. I like it. Okay. So um, so my days, usually I wake up at 5 and then I would say I'm not that awake at 5, <laughs> but I just have to be up at that time. So... And I would say that I, I, I have this sort of peak when I get to where I'm going, which is usually school. Um, oh, so like you wake up, do your thing, go drive, and then when you arrive... You're yeah, and I go. think by the time I actually get there, 
and I drink my coffee on the way. <laughs> I uh, I'm a pretty. Do you I'm drink your coffee as soon as you wake up or no? No, I, I I wait about two hours after I've woken up to allow my body to release cortisol, yeah. and then I also get the spike from the caffeine later. So are you saying it's not a good idea to drink coffee as soon as you wake up? Um, I'm a big believer that it's not the best idea. Not I'm not saying that I follow that advice all the time, but I think it's better if you let your body wake itself up. Yeah. And then if you need the coffee a little bit later in the day, which I know I do, then... Same. On the side note, if I drink water first thing that I wake up for the first hour, yeah. it works just like coffee. It's weird. Yeah. No, I, I find that if I just wake up and I eat something and I have my breakfast, um, I think that works a little bit better and then have my coffee in, in a couple hours. Yeah. All right. So you get to the place, you drink your yeah. coffee. What's up? Yeah. So I think that's my peak right there in the morning. Um, so that usually is a, f a free period for me. Um, I usually... I work in uh, in very in two different labs, so okay. I usually go and do lab work, and I am. What are you doing in your lab? So I either work as a teaching assistant, and okay. and that involves setting up experiments for students, mm -hmm. and I also do uh, research, uh, genetic genetics research. So I'll go and do that. Um, so depend. You do that. Yeah, I'll go do that. I don't. I'm not sure they want a molecular biology explanation on this podcast. Right I think now. we'll skip that for yeah. now. <laughs> um, so, I'm gonna go and do some lab work. Is usually what that ends up being yeah. at that time in the morning. And I find myself to be very alert and very awake and able to do that. And then around lunchtime, I do feel like I have a trough. A trough. Some people say it's the whole food coma or coma. Yes. Uh, does that happen to you after lunch or sometimes before lunch? Um, I think it sometimes, I think it can happen before quite often. So it's about the time, not about the food necessarily. I think it can be about both. Okay. I think I think it can happen regardless of the food, but I think the, the type, especially when you have certain types of food, can be amplified by that. So, or, I mean, yes, obviously, heavier foods you would expect to. Yes. Go. Exactly. Like, I think you'll have a much easier time having a salad for lunch than you would like. Yeah. Um, but I think that's my trough. And then at some point in the evening, I think I, I would have my, my, next, uh, my next spike. All I right. So you're some version of what I am. So we're, you're assuming we're both kind of the norm. I'd, yeah, I'd say so. All right. So let's see. A week from now, let's see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Let's see how that goes. What if you have an important meeting and it is at noon and it is at your trough and you know you have, you have to be alert? What would you do? So with all the stuff that we mentioned so far, yeah, what's the solution? So that oftentimes is the case. I find myself, even though I, I know I'm more tired at certain times, I, I don't really necessarily get to pick what I'm doing at what times during the day just because of how packed my schedule tends to be. Yeah. And during those times, I find that when there's like a unique event that's happening at 12 noon, I tend to be alert just out of the, I guess, little bit of anxiousness that I get out of having to go do that thing. Okay. Um, so if I have a presentation at 1230. Oh, so your, your own mind already kind of. Yeah. So you have, interesting. you have this sort of, um, you kind of psych yourself out in a sense. Got it. Know what I do? I, well, I know I have my trough six hours after I wake up, right? Correct. Well, if I know I have something at 12, if I have an option, I'm going to wake up a little after that, after sure. 6 a.m. So I would do late, for example. Or if I know the trough is coming, I have two options. Either take a nappuccino. We can I talk see. about a nappuccino, what it is in a second. Or just drink some coffee before. A nappuccino is 
Do you take nappuccinos, right? Uh, I don't get to anymore these days, no? but I used to. A nappuccino is essentially, it's a shot of espresso, for example, and with the optimal time of a nap, which is pretty sure it's somewhere around 26 minutes, 30 minutes, some version yeah. of that. So what you do is you take a shot of coffee, so you take some caffeine, and you take a nap right away. Right, so coffee, sleep. You wake up 30 minutes later like a baby. You're a new person. It's scary. It's yeah, like no. Freaking I, science, it's, it's man. A, it's a great tool. And it's definitely something I used to do when I had somewhere to sleep around where I was being productive. Um, but where would you sleep? Just go back to the car? What would you do? Oh, no. Well, this was back when I lived on campus, so then I could just walk back to oh, my dorm. My but these days, I just... I guess tough it out for the whole I've day. done that, man. Like, go to the go to the car. Just like, do I have 30 minutes? Am I dead? Yep, let's go for it. Okay, that's a... Uh, like, it's either that, yeah. take a random nap in the middle of the day, or not be productive. And I would rather be productive. No, that's, that's, that's totally fair. That's totally fair. Now, now that we discussed, and we... I guess by now it's pretty clear what's the difference between being busy and being efficient, being productive. Yeah, absolutely. I guess by now that's pretty good. But now you have you, listener, beautiful listener. You have some tools to actually learn and try to apply this whole week long, and you can do your things. You can send your results uh, to to our Instagram probably, at unsunkofficial. But now let's give you some tools, some techniques, some apps that we use to actually stay on track. Manuel, I guess... What's the first one? What's the um, first one for you? So I cannot live without Google Calendar, and I'm sure Luis will feel the same way about yes. this. Yes. Um, my Google Calendar looks like a Tetris board. Um, and <laughs> it's a rainbow. Yeah, it, it, it is rainbow. And I think the reason I, I set it up that way and I didn't just... Wait, backtrack a little bit. Yeah. How, why does it look colorful? What, what's up with that? Like, Explain a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I think... So the, so the reason that, that I set it up that way is because I... Like I was mentioning earlier, that I really want to avoid having to make random decisions throughout my day. Um, so if I can just have my day scheduled up front, it just makes it a lot easier when I know at this time I'm going to be doing this and it, it's, it's scheduled already and there's no need for me to stress about it. And that's the reason it's set up that way. And obviously I have it color-coded just for the sake of similar activities on different days have the same color and it just makes it easier for you. So you look at it, you already know what it is. Yeah, right it's it's a quick glance that I can yeah. do and I know. Yeah, and I, I do the same thing. Google Calendar is it's really good in a sense where it's easy to keep track of stuff. You can write it on the spot. But there is something that it cannot be a planner. And here's what I mean. The planner, you can only write so many things there. In the Google Calendar, you can just fit it all in. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. One of the techniques that people use is if you only had, if you had to accomplish three things today, what would they be? And they tell you, like, use a sticky note. Like, what is that? Even? A post-it. Yeah. Use a post-it. You can only feel that. And no, like, tiny handwriting, no cheating, just, like, right. only that stuff. Do you have a planner? Like, a physical planner, a book? No, I don't find myself using a planner. Really? I, I just, that surprises I, me. What I tend to do is I, I, I make to-do lists, um, and that, I guess, serves... To-do lists, of, okay. Yeah. They kind of go there. Right. Um, and they're separate from my Google Calendar. They're not, they don't 
they're not redundant in any sort of way. Got it. Got um, it. Got it. It's funny because while well, you were here in the recording of the previous episodes, and I mentioned that book, Essentialism, he, he says, it's not about what you say yes to, it's about what you say no to. And here's the trick. If you have a planner, when someone comes up to you, they're like, hey, can, can we do this? Are you free on this day, this time? If you only have your Google Calendar, you're going to look there, you're like, yeah, sure, I'm free. And you're going to write it down and tell them. Now, if you have a planner that you keep at home, you're going to tell them, listen, send me an email, send me a text later because I don't have my planner here with me. We can check later, I can check my planner. Now, if you get at home and you understand that that specific meeting or that specific event or whatever it was doesn't make sense for you, you have time to think about it. And you don't have to go through that awkwardness of staring at the person like, mm, I'm sorry, but I can't. You know what I mean? Right. It's almost like, it's, it's almost cheating. You just like go home, you get to sit down. Just like, listen, my inner self, does this make sense for me? Yeah. I promise I never did that to you. I hope so. <laughs> now, though, the planner part, it's the most important part. Like when you sit down to plan stuff, because that's when you get to say no to things. And when you're planning, I, I, see, I see those like entrepreneurial posts and stuff. And they're like, yeah, from five to nine, you grind on this. Like you meditate, you go to the gym, you eat your breakfast, you do all this stuff. From nine to five, you go to your day job, you do all that stuff. From five to 9 p.m., 5 p.m. to 9 p.m., you go to the gym, you work on your side hustle. And from 10 to six or 10 to five, you you sleep like a baby. Like it's, and you, you look at that post, you're like, yes, let's go. <laughs> There's a huge problem with that. You know, all that stupid stuff that we got to do, like eat, sleep, take shower, go to the bathroom, brush your teeth, all that stuff. Yes. Where does that go? Driving, commuting. When you're planning, you have to account for those things. You have to account for all the stupid stuff like going to the bathroom. Like Absolutely. Taking a shower. It's just like. Yeah. Give yourself time to be a healthy organism. <laughs> be a healthy being. <laughs> yes. Um, and it seems so simple. Yet, it's hard to do. Yeah, and and it's and it's not even that I think it's hard to do. I think people just don't think about it in the first place. It's one of those things that you take for granted, and I think that you don't realize that you're doing. You just do it without thinking about it, and so you think it doesn't require planning. It's it's hard to to allocate the time, and you're like, oh, do I really need like thirty minutes to get ready in the morning? Do I really need an hour? Do I really need fifteen minutes? Can I do it in five? And then you find yourself struggling. Right. Don't do that. It's okay. You're a human being. Just, just, just take the time to do all that stuff. That's okay. No, absolutely. And, and I think when, when people always tell me that, I, that they think I wake up way too early for the time that I leave for places. You wake up at 5, right? Yeah, I wake up at 5. I leave my house by 7. And that's two hours. Yeah. And people, you get breakfast and stuff? Right. Yeah. You also I, run in the morning, don't you? Yeah. So I, I, take, I take time to run. I take time to eat breakfast to take time to take care of fine. myself uh, like all, all of these things and I think trying to cram that into like 30 minutes is just not not healthy not you, not good for 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 you your, your mental health is just gonna you're stressed already when you, you leave your house stressed. yeah you yeah. wake up stressed and it's just not something that's good for you I had I have I created the habit uh me and my books it came from the four hour work week there's so many books I got it yeah you and your squares. By the way, just let's let's make something really clear. Uh, I I like to read books, 
But I also listen to a lot of audiobooks. It's not about reading itself. It's about getting the information. It's about learning. So if someone's if someone's giving you crap and you're like, yeah, no, you gotta read, you gotta do this. It's like, no, hold up. It's about learning. It's different. On that note, this uh, this book, he tells you, it's like, do not check your email until noon. Because here's what happens on a day-to-day basis. People have their phones right next to them when they wake up. Mm-hmm. So alarm goes off, whatever it was. <laughs> they get the phone. They're like, oh, okay. Just like snooze. They snooze for like 10 minutes, 15, which turns into 30. Whatever. When they actually wake up, first thing they do is WhatsApp, Instagram. So they're already like sending messages. Their time schedules about like responding to people right off the bat. And they open their email. And when they open their email and their calendar, they're looking at it. They got five meetings today, two tests tomorrow, three assignments due, and they have to go to work in 30 minutes. Bruh, you wake up, the world is ending for you. Yeah, you're already a ball of stress and, yes. you, and you haven't even gotten out of your bed yet. Yes, and no one talks about it. It's, it's so plain and simple. Why does it have to take that long for us to figure that out? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, I agree. I think having that, those sort of healthy boundaries for yourself will really just make all the difference. Um, So it's definitely something that you should take into account. Uh, It's not, it's not good for you to be always on. Um, And I think allowing you that time to decompress or, or to get to a point where you are, you will be able to handle that information better is, uh, is, is definitely something that you should do. I love it. It's not always good. It's not good to be always on. I like that. I have a question for you. Can you tell me about the power of procrastination? Oh, so what, do you, do I, you what I'm doing right now, yeah. Yeah, do you procrastinate? Why do you procrastinate? Do you not? What's the Give me the, the give me the tea. Yeah, so I think so I think procrastination has received a bad connotation just because I think a lot of people use it poorly. Okay. And it's one of those things where you need to assess the urgency of the things that you're doing as well as the importance. Uh, you, if I have a paper due in a week and I have an exam tomorrow, I'm going to study for the test. I'm not going to write my paper and then fail my test. Um, so there's a reason why you would put off writing the paper until after the exam. And that's a very clear-cut example, but I think it's something that you can utilize on a smaller scale with many things. Because if you allow yourself to take care of the things that are important and need to get done quickly, then you're essentially happier about your decisions. Because if you are taking care of small, unimportant tasks that don't need to get done right now. Oh, small, unimportant tasks. Yeah. If you're getting done done with these small, unimportant tasks that don't need to get done and you're ignoring the bigger issues in your life, you will essentially just be unhappy with all of your decisions. Yeah. So it's very important. I think that's what it comes down to is being happy with what you are doing. Procrastination is a funny thing because have you ever procrastinated in your life? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We all have for yeah. something. Doesn't matter what it is. We, we've done it at least once. And you are going to find people like probably sitting right next to you or something that support procrastination in a sense. They're like, man, like I get this thing done. Like, yeah. I know I'm going to get it done. I got it done. Yeah. Now. If you know you're going to get it done and you know you're going to set off to the last minute and you're going to like, that's how you're going to do it. Why are you stressed? 
Why don't you use that in your favor? Yeah. If you know, somehow you manage to procrastinate for days, and when the assignment or project is due in 10 hours, you get it done. You're telling me you could have gotten it done in 10 hours five days ago. That's true. Right? Yeah, absolutely. It's bad planning. However, if you're still telling me, no, I just like to procrastinate, and that's just my way of being, that's how nature created me. Yeah, or they thrive, on they the, thrive. Uh, on, under the pressure of... Yes, uh, under I mean, the pressure. That's, people yeah, say that. That's yeah, true. Yeah, that's justification you hear most often. Um, yeah, and if you, if you thrive under that, use that in your favor. I don't care. Like, procrastinate, sure. But when you're the night before... Just be ready. Don't complain. Oh, no. Yeah, for sure. If you're going to pull the all-nighter, just be ready to be useless the next day. <laughs> you're going to have nothing but troughs that whole day. So, Nothing but troughs. Nothing but troughs. Have you ever heard of the urgency table? I believe from you. From me? Yes. No. Yeah, you invited me to a presentation about it, I believe. Wow, okay. I did not remember that. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I gave a presentation, a workshop on, on actually being effective and being productive. And one of the things that I mentioned was creating a urgency table. What that means is on the top of a post-it, you're going to write urgent, not urgent. And on the sides of that post-it, you're going to write important and not important. And I usually do the not with an exclamation point, I guess, that I just created it for whatever reason. For emphasis. Now, you can only put a couple of things in each of them. What's urgent and important, you get it done now. I don't care what you're doing. What's urgent and not important, and then you go through the motions. You're like, what's urgent, not important? What's important, not urgent, not urgent, not important? What's not urgent and not important, I promise you, you're going to keep writing that down for like two weeks until you actually give up on it. You're just like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do it. That's, that's, that's a good way to do things. Like, if you were stressed about it, doing this little table, which, by the way, if you cannot visualize what we're talking about, go on Instagram again at unsunkofficial. That post is right there. Okay, it's like a cross, and you're going to see urgent, not urgent, important, not important. And how do you find yourself fitting that into the rest of your planning? So how does that work in conjunction with your... Um with your planner and your calendar, for example. With all the other 20 different planning. Yeah, so, so when do you find yourself using that? Is that like an everyday thing? Is that like when you need it thing? Is that... It's on the... The urgency table happens when it's urgent. What I mean is like... When you have a lot of things you need to when cipher I'm through. When I'm really stressing out. When yeah. I'm like getting home like late at night, I'm like, man, like stuff's about to go down. Like, I don't know what to do with my life. Like, I'm questioning uh, all of questioning my whole existence in my, like, yeah. like five years of existence. <laughs> Mercury's in retrograde. And so, yeah, it's it's whenever things are actually getting busy and too complicated for me. I, I think I really do it, like, once every four months because I've, I've been doing pretty good with planning. But other than that, I don't quite use it as much. But it's a good way to start because it's really short and it's really quick. It makes a lot of sense. Do you actually, so when you plan stuff, how, how do you stick to it? Like in the morning, do you look at the stuff you got to do? Do you carry your planner with you? It's on your phone, of course. But when, do, how often do you look at it and how flexible are you with it? Yeah, so I guess my, my planner takes the form of a to-do list, I suppose. And uh, I use uh, an app called Evernote. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so that it's, it's a really useful uh, note app. And so it 
Is that an elephant one? The yeah, green yeah, yeah, the one? green, the elephant. Evernote. All right. Yeah, um, and, it, and it actually does a lot of cool stuff, probably more than I know about. But I well, use it primarily for my to-do list just because it syncs from my phone to my computer, and I can look at them from either one. Cool. And so that is something that I compile. I used to do weekly, um, but I find myself doing it more specifically now so more on a more on the to-do list yes okay so i I find my i used to do it on a weekly basis um and i used to look at my whole week in advance and i used to see the tasks that i was going to foresee myself needing to get done and that worked for me for a while but lately what i've been doing is whenever i have a a a given session of unplanned time that i know i want to be productive in i will put all of the tasks that need to get done in that time and then that's when the list will Shorten. Well, yeah, exactly. I see. How do you determine what deserves to go on your to-do list? So, um, I guess in a very similar fashion to your uh, to your square, it has a lot of the same criteria, but it just takes the form of a list. So it'll okay. be like, I have something due tomorrow, and it's very important. It will go at the top. Um, and and then as and then subsequently, other things will go under it that are important and then less so until you get to the bottom and usually with those unimportant and not urgent things i will just leave them off the list and i usually try not to put anything too leisurely on the to-do list okay if you understand what i'm saying um so i like to leave uh i guess so uh, do you things. just leave your like i guess your self like self-intended things out of your list Does that make sense? Yes. So the way that I've been doing my to-do list lately is that I'll sit down before I'm going to do work, and that is when the to-do list gets made. And then from then on is when the the I will follow the list. And then I will deal with the other things separately. I see. Yeah, so that way so that way I'm not too I'm not feeling like I'm carrying around my work with me, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. All right, thank you so, so much for listening. You're going to hear from Manuel a lot more. Manny, thank you so much for being here, man. Thank you, Luis. It was very nice to speak with you all finally. Hey, before you go, real quick, please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, if you have any questions that you want to be answered in the show, email us at info at unsunk.org. And finally, our Instagram is at unsunkofficial. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.